0: Know what your end game is. I've seen way too many real estate investors focus on something that has to do with the transaction, but not what their goal or objective is.
1: Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. My mom always said it's rude to keep people waiting. Well, best ever listeners. That's exactly what you're doing if you're not funding your deals with our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land. Patch of Land is a crowdfunding marketplace that matches up your deals with accredited and institutional investors who want to invest in your deal. Patch of Land literally has thousands of investors ready to fund your next deal. You don't want to keep them waiting, do you? And guess what? It's a lightning quick process too. In fact, the average patch of land loan closes in just seven days. Is a five to seven day close faster than how long it currently takes you to close on financing? And just think, wouldn't it be wonderful to have all of your financing needs taken care of for all of your deals? How many more deals could you close if you already knew where the money was coming from? With Patch of Land, you no longer have to worry about the financing part. They've got it taken care of for you. Go to Patch of Land and find out how to get your next deal funded by the thousands of investors waiting for you right now. Go to PatchofLand.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D dot com. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Fairless and I'm here with today's guest, Rick Sharga. Hi, Rick.
0: Hey, Joe. How are you?
1: Doing well and glad to uh, have you on the show. Rick is joining us from Irvine, California. He is the Executive Vice President at Auction.com. And since 2003, he's been an industry spokesman covering the U.S. housing market. Mortgage Industry, Commercial and International Real Estate Trends, and the Foreclosure Crisis. He's, I was looking at his, uh, all the publications he's been quoted in and appeared on, and he's basically been in every major media publication, so I won't even list them all. But if you've heard of it, he's been there. And he's been recognized as uh, one of the 100 most influential real estate leaders by Inman News. So with that being said, Rick, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now?
0: sure i I, uh, I spent the first twenty years of my career actually doing marketing for technology. Um, uh, I think you and I you and I share some some common history in that I, I started my career in the ad agency business and moved into into public relations and doing branding for for these technology firms. Uh, when the internet bubble burst, um, I started my own little consulting business and picked up a client called Realty track and uh, went to work uh, for them ultimately, and and RealtyTrack publishes the country's largest database of foreclosure information. Uh, And we were sitting there with a year's worth of of national foreclosure records when the foreclosure crisis hit and suddenly became the go-to source for everybody in the media and and the government uh, looking for foreclosure information. So my, my real estate career started sort of accidentally. Uh, working for Realty Track back about a dozen or, or so years ago. I spent about nine years there. I uh, spent two years after that with a company called Carrington Holding Company, and, and they own and operate about 16 different companies that are either in the real estate or mortgage business. Um, and they started in the the real estate securities business. So that was kind of an education for me. And then almost two years ago, I, I came on board here at auction.com, which is the largest online real estate marketplace. Uh, the company, since, since it uh, was founded in 2007, has sold over $30 billion worth of commercial and residential real estate, uh, 165,000 transactions, uh, and uh, and it really got uh, gave me a chance to marry the two aspects of my career that I really enjoyed, which were technology and real estate. So it's uh, it's been an interesting uh, interesting uh, uh, career, if if you will, and uh, I'm glad to be where I am today.
1: What do you do specifically at Auction.com?
0: Well, I'm actually the the company spokesperson, so I'm out talking uh, very often about housing market trends, mortgage industry trends, what's going on in the commercial real estate market. Uh, The public relations team reports into me, as does our social media group. and our, our video content production. So I'm, I'm really, I, I guess I'm, I'm responsible for a lot of, a, a lot of the content that the company produces and publishes, uh, and, and keeping all of our audiences informed as to, to what's going on, both in real estate and at auction.com.
1: What's the top trend that you're noticing for 2015?
0: Well, 2015, um, on, on the residential side, um, we're, we're actually seeing a, a split in in real estate investing trends. Uh, more expensive markets, we're seeing a lot of investors focusing on flipping. Uh, they're buying properties, rehabbing them quickly and, and bringing them back to market, selling them off at a profit. Uh, profits are higher in terms of dollar volume, but lower in terms of percentages. In lower price markets, we're, we're seeing a lot of movement toward uh, buying and, and holding properties for rental. There's a, a huge opportunity um, that investors are taking advantage of in the rental space because household formations are finally starting to increase. Uh, Junior's moving out of mom and dad's basement, and taking his Xbox with him finally. Um, but, but more often than, than we've seen historically, Junior's moving into a rental property as opposed to, to buying a house. And, and that's causing uh, problems in the rental industry, but, but providing opportunities for investors because there's simply not much available to rent. Uh, apartments are rented out at about ninety-seven percent uh, across the country. So there's a, a shift in in momentum right now. We're seeing home ownership rates dip a little bit. Uh, they hit a twenty-year low last week at about sixty-three point seven percent. I believe they will drop down below sixty-three percent before they they bottom out and start to to come back up. Just because the next generation of home buyers is is taking a little longer than the previous generations did to get into the market.
1: Let's pretend it's December thirty-first. 2015 and we're looking back on 2015. What's one thing that has happened that would surprise people?
0: That's a really good question. What, what's one thing that will happen this year that, that will surprise people when we look back at it? Um, I think we will see the return of subprime lending. Uh, I think the second half of this year we will finally see non-bank lenders re-enter the marketplace uh with with eight with non-agency loans available for people who have a less than perfect credit but are otherwise good borrowing candidates and and the the, the government stranglehold, if you will, on, on mortgages will finally be broken a little bit, but I I think subprime loans will probably come back later this year.
1: How do you think that's going to be, uh, perceived or, um, welcomed, uh, knowing, you know, based on, you know, you were right in the middle of the, you know, the foreclosure crisis and it was subprime was just a dirty, filthy word. So how, how do you think that's going to be, uh, perceived from, uh, you know, from the consumers?
0: Well, I, th- I think the press will probably get up in arms and, and wring their, you know, wring their hands in 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 dis- disdain. But uh, the, the reality is, prior to the housing boom and prior to Wall Street really getting involved with sort of exotic financial products that bundled up these subprime loans and resold them multiple times, um, subprime loans performed pretty well. Um, they, they, they had very low, re- very low default rates, relatively speaking. It was once the 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 safeguards were taken off in terms of, of managing risk in these loans, that everything went crazy. So we had NINJA loans, um, and that stood for, for no income, no jobs, and no assets. Uh, we had liar loans where people were kind of encouraged to to falsify information on their on the lending documents, and the underwriting standards all went away. I think the industry has learned its lesson, uh, you know, billions and billions of dollars in losses and fines later. And I think what what people have forgotten is that those subprime borrowers weren't bad risk candidates as long as the rest of the underwriting uh, was was solid. Uh, so I think what you'll see is a different flavor of subprime loans come back. It'll be loans where there's a, a decent down payment required, uh, loans where somebody's job history is going to be taken into account, uh, their their financial wherewithal taken into account. So you know, some more traditional uh, conservative underwriting standards uh, that will allow somebody with a less than perfect credit score to be able to to get a loan that they're going to be able to repay.
1: And then with that return of subprime lending, what will the ripple effect be on vacancies for apartments and homes and how, what, what or anything else that that comes to mind?
0: Well, we're in a really odd period of time in terms of of housing in general. Uh, inventory levels uh, of existing homes are uh, about as low as we've ever seen. I think the the, the supply right now is something like four point four months nationally. And and in a healthy market, you usually have more than six months supply. Um, in in some of the states with higher volumes, uh, states like California, in some markets, you have less than a month supply of homes. Um, I think what's going to happen is as you see more loans available, uh, you'll see some of the, the people come off the sidelines in buying properties, which will uh, increase the, 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 the sales activity. Uh, and that will encourage the home builders to start building homes. Uh, a lot of the starts we've seen over the last year have actually been for multifamily units. So nothing is going to happen overnight. But I think once you start to see lending uh, loosen up a little bit and credit become a little bit more available for for people that should be able to get a loan, uh, you'll see home builders start to to get uh, get back into into play, uh, and and the inventory numbers will start to come up and and give people more things to buy uh, gradually. And this is not going to sound like good news, but but it it really is. Gradually, we'll, we'll also start to see interest rates go up a little bit, which will also encourage more lending. Uh, and as 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 that as that happens, uh, I think you'll see the housing market finally start to get a little bit of traction.
1: Rick, what is your best advice ever for real estate investors?
0: You know, it, it's know what your end game is. I've seen way too many real estate investors. Focus on something that has to do with the transaction, but not what their goal or objective is. Um, Can't tell you how many people think they've got, got a great deal because they bought a property at a low price, but haven't really thought about what their exit strategy is. So know what your end game is before you start investing. Are you a buy and hold? Guy, uh, if so, do you know how to rent a property? Do you know what the risks are there? Are you a buy and flip person? Uh, and if that's the case, do you know what what's going on in terms of of pricing trends and sales volume in your market? So it it's really start with the end in mind. It, it's it's don't focus on the deal, uh, focus on what your your long term objective is, and the deal should should facilitate that objective.
1: You ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm not sure
0: if anybody's ever ready for that Joe, but I'll give it my best shot. I have faith in you.
1: First, a quick word for our sponsor. Could you do more deals if you had more money and didn't have to waste time looking for financing? Are you ready to scale your real estate business and do more deals? Well, let's make that happen. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is ready to fund your next deal. Patch of Land is a crowdfunding marketplace that has thousands of investors waiting for you right now. Find out more at patchofland.com. That's dot All right, Rick, best ever book you read?
0: Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. It's one of my
1: Bibles. Best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to free besteverbook.com and get a free audio version of a book like that. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it?
0: Coaching my, my son's little league baseball team, I found that that if I can manage a group of teenage boys uh, and, and, and learn how to put them in the right position to help the team succeed, I can manage anybody, anywhere.
1: <laughs> what, what's one skill set or interesting thing that you've taken away from the, the management of the team and applied to you know, your professional career?
0: Uh, it, it's team first. Uh, uh, do what you can to make the team succeed. But don't ignore the fact that you have to be, be you have to be focusing also on the success of the individual members of the team. So sometimes you're asking a, a team member to sacrifice a little bit by playing them out of position. Uh, they just happen to be the best available candidate for that position at the time. But but don't don't take for granted the fact that, that person is actually sacrificing in order to to accommodate the good of the team.
1: Best ever success habit you practice.
0: It's going to sound really, really simple, but it's something most people are really, really bad at. It is active listening. Uh, it, it's invaluable in the role I play dealing with reporters and, and uh, industry groups and government uh, agencies. Uh, but but really strive first to understand what somebody's either asking or what their problem or, or, or issue might be uh, before you jump in with, a, with a, a potential solution.
1: Best ever project you're most excited about right now?
0: Well, uh, it's going to sound a little self-serving, but I'm excited about the opportunity that that drew me to auction.com. We uh, we have a a chance to, in a very positive way, disrupt an archaic, um, antiquated, paper-intense, nightmarish process uh, that that most people have to go through when they're buying and selling homes. So the ability to leverage the, the efficiency and the power of the internet to streamline the home buying and selling process is something that that really gets my juices flowing today.
1: Best ever quote?
0: Never let your
1: your, your, uh,
0: education interfere with your knowledge.
1: What's that mean to you?
0: I know a lot of people with advanced degrees who are absolute idiots. (laughs) Um, And and I I respect people that have worked their way up to a position of of authority or or have have become experts in the field uh, by learning things from the ground up. I've always believed that... um, Somebody, so you can learn something from everybody in a room. Uh, I never go into a meeting assuming I'm the smartest guy there, uh, and and that's something my father drilled into me at an early age. He said, you know, you can you can learn from uh, somebody who's homeless living in the street. And as a teenage boy, I, I shot back at him and said, you know, what can I learn from a homeless person? And he said, how to survive. Um, and and you know, it was one of those one of those uh, interesting moments in your life where you go, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. So I, I've 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 tried to strip trip away the veneer of people who have a lot of good-sounding credentials and, and look for substance instead.
1: What's the biggest mistake you've made in business?
0: Back during the, the internet uh, boom and bust, uh, when, when there were no jobs available, I started my own little consulting practice. And I did something that I still feel good about ethically, but it was a really bad business decision. I took, took five people with me from uh, the company I had been working for that folded. Uh, and and brought them on as full-time employees uh, without really having uh, a going business and wound up Paying people salaries out of lines of credit that I I had a, a, amassed over the years, so uh, ran up you know six figures in debt uh, before I before I finally started to get the company into a cash flow positive position, and did it really because these were people that I cared about rather than, than taking a look at things from a business perspective. Uh, took on way too much risk for myself and my family, and you know, I'm happy that that you know. Uh, we, we survived and 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 made things work, but not without a, a fair amount of pain afterwards. So, uh, you know, it was it was a bad business decision. It was a good personal decision, I, I think, in the long run, uh, but probably not something I would do again. Uh, I would I would structure my business a little bit differently.
1: You wouldn't. I I understand that you wouldn't do it again, knowing what you know now, based on that first experience. But knowing what you know now, would you take back? That experience and and do it differently, or was the growth and the learnings that you're applying in the future more valuable? So you would, if chosen, uh, if had, if given a choice, you would go through that pain and experience, and so that you could apply it later.
0: I, w- I wouldn't change it. I, I, again, I, I wouldn't do it again. Um, I, I would I would structure my business differently if I started up again. Um, it was a, a, a tremendous growth experience. and and knowing I was responsible for the well-being of a handful of people and their families, uh... really brought home the notion of responsibility also gave me a great appreciation for what business owners around the country go through uh... you know small business people uh... and 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 really even people that run large corporations uh... for 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 those that really don't believe uh... c e o or president of a company uh, has sleepless nights wondering about the well-being of the people that, that that work for the company. That tells me they've never really run their own company. So it was it was a tremendous growth experience. I learned a lot. I, I learned some important business lessons. Um, I wouldn't do the same thing again if I had the opportunity, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change the experience that I had. And and I feel good about helping people who would probably have had a hard time finding work at the time, uh, get by in what was a really difficult economic period until until they were able to, to land somewhere else on their feet as well.
1: Rick, what's the best ever place to reach you?
0: Uh, you, you can follow me on Twitter. That's easy, uh, at Rick Sharga. But, but uh, you can also uh, reach me here at auction.com. My, my email address is pretty simple. It's just rsharga, S-H-A-R-G-A, uh, at auction.com. But but I'd encourage people to check me out on Twitter and on LinkedIn. I, I, I post regularly if they're interested in finding out what's going on, again, in the real estate market or here at auction.com. That's a great way to, to stay attached.
1: Rick, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners and talking through the trends that you're seeing in 2015. I mean, from the you know, more expensive markets where uh, flippings happening, where the, the actual percent of profit is lower, but the dollar amounts are higher for what you put in your pocket. Uh, to the lower price markets, so the buy-and-hold. We've got a lot of inventory um, on the market, or excuse me, homeownership rates are, are rates are dipping. Uh, you think to 63% before they bottom out. With you know, apartment communities are rented at record levels right now, and then also, you know, talking about let's looking let's look back on 2015. Let's look in our crystal ball. And see what will have transpired that is surprising Uh, and you know what you were you mentioned the return of subprime lending and I think that you know the term in of of itself will uh, alert people and then you know when you talk through how there'll be a different flavor of some subprime lending this go around it will be more conservative but nonetheless, it will be the subprime lending that will be returned, and and as you also mentioned, the gradual increase of interest rates going, you know, going up. So I and I, I actually I love how you know you talked about the Little League experience and um, having the team first. But then also making sure you're developing the individuals along the way, you know, really walking that fine line um, to make sure that uh, the objectives are met for the, the group. And then also each of the contributors are having, uh, you know, a fulfilling experience throughout that process. So thank you so much for sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners. And we'll talk to you soon. It's my pleasure. Take care. Hey, you best ever listener. Do you want more?